This is Gavin Bryant, number 13 for the Owen Sound Attack, and you're listening to the Owen 60 Podcast. This is the 64th installment of the Owen 60 Podcast. I'm Reese Tumaney, along with Colin Ward and show guest, Owen 60 intern Gavin Bryant, opening up the show after scoring a beauty on the weekend. What a beauty, eh, off the left side. Caught the defenseman flat-footed. Nice pass by Madden Steen, the defenseman jumping up in the rush. I love to see that nice backhand pass over top of the stick of the right-handed shooting. I think it was a right-handed shooting defenseman flat-footed. Gavin just blew by him. Nice shot, too, over the glove. On that far post side, hooked the inside of the net. That's always a nice shot. I love when guys can do that, hit that inside of the post. So sharp. That's a snipe. Nice selly uh, afterwards as well, you know. Doing it Datsukian like, not Sundinian like. <laughs> yeah, I that's what I put in the text. There. He sent me the, so he sent me the video of the goal because I was I asked him for it. And then he uh, sent me the video of it, and I go the first thing I said, thirteen Datsuk. <laughs> that's a Datsuk. That's Datsuk, and uh, yeah, that got him going pretty good. I know. Uh, I know Greg will be fired up when he hears this about telling him the. Uh, his kids uh, wearing 13 because of dad, so he's the biggest Leaf fan you could know. So that probably gets him fired up a little bit, but hey, it's 13 because of dad, so heard it on the 160, the intern. Yes. <laughs> and yes. also, and also quickly, the uh, Friday night, the night before, another show guest, Bo Gelsman with the game yep. winner in London. I was just about to at say the that. Bud, at the Bud. So that was pretty cool that a back to back nights, a couple game winners. Ty Nelson had a big one on Friday yep. night as well. Hey, I don't know if you saw that. Panel uh, Femus. Yeah, Panel Femus well. scored first. Uh, yeah, that was a nice one, too. On a nice pass on the backhand from Juan Copeland. Two uh, top prospects for the Ice Dogs on the pass. And, hey, the penalty kill for the Ice Dogs. So, Saturday night, the penalty kill for the Ice Dogs on their first kill. Panel and Castle. Junior Canadian connection. Yeah. I like that. And also, Reese. Yeah, teach them early. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they got chemistry probably already. So, yeah. like like riding a bike it's like riding a bike i mean it's like you and the ashl goaltending i mean it's like riding a bike just win championships yeah championship after championship not a big deal exactly but um yeah i just thought that was interesting also another question for you reese how when was the last time so when was the last time you saw two right-handed catching goalies in the same game josh rosenswag and dixon grimes two right-handed uh goalies went head-to-head saturday night in the guelph niagara game I don't think I saw that in the OHL in a long time. The last right-handed, okay, the last significant right-handed catcher that I can remember, and I may be way off on this. There may be someone that I'm just totally no, missing I think on, I can, but No, I think I can uh, it, match it, this up with you, too. Steve Mason. Yeah. Yeah, Steve okay, Mason. Okay, so I went even further back than you probably yeah. did. Yeah, because I was thinking, I was thinking like, 2013, 14, like 14, 15 ish. Michael Jacobs, yeah. Peter Bill Belleville, London. Um, he spent some time, right? Luke Cavillan catches with they, his right hand. Would they have? No, they wouldn't have went head to head. That's no, Rob didn't start very many games in his no. first. No, yeah, that'd have been a good one. I can't think of any head to head right handed matchups. Yeah, that's which tough. is wild. Which I thought that was so cool. And uh, it was interesting. Both played really well. I mean, Josh Rosenzweig, that was that was nice. I mean, they're in a they're in a second they're in a competition down there in Niagara. 
I mean, without a doubt, mm-hmm. Reese, as you know, they're in a competition and it's a heavy one too for that backup spot behind Tucker Tyne and, and him having a performance like that, that's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. So, uh, pro- and I mean, it's a tough one there with Costanzo playing so well the night before and well, he got peppered with shots too. So yeah. it's going to be a fun weekend to see what Niagara looks like with that situation there with the goaltending situation. I would imagine they would let him go through the two games, but Tucker Tyne not playing this week, I would imagine he would get a game. Probably the home game that like you mentioned before off air. I think the home game he would get, which that's what I'm thinking. Right. And, and yeah, and don't know. Russians, Wagon, Costanzo uh, make the trip to Kitchener on uh, on Friday. Uh, and they might bring well, Tynan just to keep a third guy. You know, you never really do know. E-bug. But yeah, it's, e-bug. it's more than likely we'll see the two guys fighting for that backup spot uh, Friday night in Kitchener. So yeah, and also. And also with COVID protocols, you might see a lot of teams take three goalies. You may see a lot of teams take three goalies with the COVID situation. So that's another thing to keep in mind, that teams may take a third guy just because of COVID. But obviously the affiliation thing's huge. Yeah. In my in my opinion, I'm a huge, huge fan. And I'm not saying they'll, they'll do this or they should do this, but my I'm a huge fan of when rookie goaltenders go to junior beat to bad teams and get peppered. I'm a huge fan of that because it always works out. Hunter Jones became the best goalie in the OHL two seasons ago just because of that move. I mean, he developed so much because of that. And you see goalies every year. You see a goalie come up because of that. So that's why I think that's a situation there where with a young goaltender. If you carry two and if you don't do three, obviously there's probably a good option to do three this year just because of if COVID happens. I mean, hopefully not, but you never know, right? So you got to be prepared and – there's a situation that's interesting, but I would send them back to junior B and let them get some time in it. Let them get some time and let them get peppered because when you get in the face shots, it really it's huge. I mean, yeah. you don't get better, right? On a good team. So I would I would send a rookie goaltender back to junior B or to junior B and uh to a weaker team in the area and let him get peppered. Let him get peppered. You can't get better without repetition. Well, and shout out to the Junior B, the GOJHL got their season underway this past Ooh. weekend. So nice to see that come back. Yeah. Um, I'm sure we'll make it out to to a few games this season, whether it's Brantford, Cambridge, uh, London, you know, Waterloo, what what have you? Hamilton, uh, yeah, yeah, Hamilton, Kilty Bees, Caledonia, yeah, potentially they had to forfeit their first two games. Uh, by the now way, it's another situation, players. and there's another situation that I was going to touch about. Touch it, not about them, but I was going to touch about if teams. So, with the COVID situation, obviously with Tyler Bertuzzi in Detroit, I wonder how big of a situation that is in the Ontario Hockey League where mm-hmm. players that aren't vaccinated aren't going to be able to play. So, there's the one situation that I'm still waiting to hear. I'm waiting for that tweet or some press release that this person can't play because of the vaccination thing. So, I'm that's the one thing I'm waiting for here in breaking news. I hope. That's not the case, but there's always going to be something, right? So that's the one thing I'm waiting for. Yep. No. To touch on that compared to the Ontario Hockey League. 100% sure. Tyler Bertuzzi cannot play hockey in Canada this season. Obviously, if he changes but the NBA line, gets the vaccine, he can. But yeah, the NBA can. Andrew Wiggins, that's a totally well, different story that we're not even going to touch on. But <laughs> yeah, that, that's such a screwed up situation with him. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting with it just a couple of weeks to go uh, until the OHL season kicks off. 
It's a safe it bet that most guys are already competing in games that Contracts. nothing has been announced, and I'm sure nothing will be announced because it, exactly. as much of a story as it would be, it's kind of, let's focus on hockey. Let's get a season going in Ontario. Yep. And we just want to play. We'll do whatever it takes. In Pennsylvania. So, yeah, it's it'll be interesting. It'll be a, it'll be a fun season, definitely. Um, hey, 50% capacity is nice. Yeah, big fan of that. That's nice. That's huge. Yeah. I mean. That's going to be massive. That's big for teams because now teams can actually get their fair market. I mean, obviously, it's not 100%, but they're going to get more revenue than what they would have. So that's big. That's huge for them. Yeah, you're, you're going to get some uh, games back from your season ticket plan in London. Well, your dad's season ticket plan in London, getting a few games back. Haven't heard a thing. Hmm. Yeah. Thought you would have by yeah. now. Oh, well. I have no clue. But, yeah, it's going uh, to be interesting. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, a lot of teams, a lot of teams are announcing today that there'll be details shortly. So you never know. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Ticket policies will start to start to come out. Health and safety protocols—they uh, are already out, but some may be enhanced with a bigger capacity. And especially when you get to a concourse like you got in Niagara at the Meridian Center, when you've got it's a small, eh? small concourse Condensed. like in. Uh, uh, in Kitchener, even it's not that big for an arena that Kitchener. holds that many people. It's well, Kitchener too. It's the entrances too that's kind of condensed as well. Yeah, the stairwell, the stairwell there, like in like the double rings, like in the Kinsman and the auditorium, like that's yeah. kind of condensed. It's not that big compared to what you would think, right? For the yeah, for that size of a building. building, yeah, yeah, I agree. And um, Guelph as well, Guelph as well with the mall. Guelph small, yeah. Even for Junior B, it felt tight. I was there. God knows how long ago for a junior B game between the Cambridge Winterhawks and the Guelph Hurricanes. It's a good spot, but and yeah, it like a junior B game for there's a decent amount of fans there, but it wasn't sold out, but it still felt like really tight on the concourse. So yeah, yeah. all depends on which rank. I'm sure Owen Sound is just as small with the size of that building. Yeah, the shore, the shore got to meet Gavin Bryant. Yeah, it did. Love it. Can't wait to see him in red though. As good as the white looked, can't wait to see oh, him hey, in red. Hey, and you know great. what? And you know what the messages will be. Oh, hundred percent. <laughs> we 100%. both know that'll be. Got to sure switch that with it. the winged wheel. Let's go. <laughs> I, I like sure going to logo. It's really nice. Oh, it's sharp. Yeah. That's the thing about Ontario Hockey League names are so cool. I mean, we got Steelheads. Like we got some good names in the Ontario Hockey League that yeah. you don't really see a lot. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, and it seems like Steelheads finally uh, figured out a logo for long term. They went through like three logos in the span of maybe less yeah, than five years, maybe about five years or so. So looks like they finally yeah. figured it out. Uh, I like the out, first yeah, one they had good. with the Steelheads, though. I don't like the second one. I like the first one they had where it was the fish kind of a yeah. cross. I like that one better. Yeah, I just had to think. I just had to retract. That's from like 15, 16? 16, oh, yeah, 17. that was their first couple years after they switched from the same from the majors. Standards. Yeah. Oh, so that would have been like 13, 14. Because 12 was the Mem Cup, right? Was that 10? No, it took us 12. Yeah, that was 10. Yeah, that was 10. That was 10 because 12 was in Shawin again. 11 was in. I was 11. I'm drawing a blank. Huh. It'll come back to me. It was in the dub. I was like I nine years old when that would happen in 2011. So I can. I was eleven for sure. I'm probably not going to find it in a decent amount of time where we can uh, 
I'll say we can figure it out after the break. Yeah. We can figure it out after the break. Um, uh, 2011. Where was it? Just pulled it up. In Mississauga. So that was uh, in 11. But they so were that they was were the majors. They were the majors then. Yeah. So they would have been at. Devontae yeah. Smith Pelly was on that team. Yeah. Okay. That was an Owen Sound one, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So it was 11. I thought it was later. Okay. I thought it was 10. But okay. That worked out. Also, a quick uh, update. I tweeted it out on Saturday. Show guest Jake Uberti looks really good. For the fans wondering, I mean, you can tune into the Ice Dogs game on Saturday night or on Friday we'll night. Be there. Kitchener. Yeah. He, I mean, he looks ratty. Like, you know what? I'll tweet a picture. I'll tweet a picture uh, of Jake. And he looks like he went hard at the gym. And you can tell, you can really tell in a good way. And he learned a lot from development camp. And he says you see it all the time. Every year you see guys come back from development camp and either excel or digress because that frustration of getting sent back but mm-hmm. jake jake's definitely took off from it i mean he looks big i mean it looks like gary roberts and him went right at it i mean what a what a move for him being able to go with gary roberts i mean gary roberts is a guy that's produced so many good nhl players right now and have worked out with him and very good decision by jake and he just looks he looks like that guy that prototypical game covid games Mm-hmm. In a in a positive way, that was him for sure. Uh, by far, so far, in the six teams, like get to, that I've got to see, he he's the biggest. He's the most improved by far, which is pretty cool. So Jake looks really good. Yeah, the Ice Dogs were really high on Jakey Birdie when they drafted him. They thought he had a chance to kind of show a skill set, uh, kind of like Kirill Maximov. Um, talking yeah, with. Yeah. Uh, Talking with see that too. Brandon Curry, assistant GM of the Niagara Ice Dogs back in 2018 and 19, which would have been Jake's rookie year. Essentially, of course, Jake did not play uh, as much just because Jason Robertson and Jack Stadnika were playing up front and they were going for an OHL championship. So you don't really see you rookies go for <laughs> get into the yeah, you don't really see rookies get into the lineup that often, but uh you know, he, he expressed a lot of <laughs> yeah, he uh he expected uh, Jakey Birdie to kind of show Kirill Maximov-like talent. Have we seen that? No, but the potential is still there. And Jakey Birdie yeah. will definitely be the leader of this team, whether he's the captain or not. He will he will be up there in points. He'll be up there in ice time. He'll yeah, be up man. there in you know the the top matchups against the top players in the OHL. Whenever uh, Niagara goes up against the Londons, the Kitcheners. Um, the Sudbury Wolves, and it's just well, this year it's just eerie, yeah. So it's, it's gonna be a fun year, Jakey Burry. I think he's ready for it. I think he's gonna have a much improved season, and there's gonna be quite a few times we make a trip to Niagara because we like that arena so much and it's enjoyable it's to be there. So, yeah, it is a good environment, yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he's wearing an A as well. Jake, so he is wearing an eye. It's nice to see. It's well deserved. I mean, you put that much into your body and you improve that much, you deserve it. Yeah. There's no doubt you deserve it. And I mean, I know they're really excited on Cam Butler coming back from Detroit Red Wings uh, development camp, but major, major news yesterday as Daniel Gushin's going back to Niagara or going to Niagara. The Goose will be loose at the Meridian. Reese, we yeah, covered the ice, Keegan last year. I fans will finally be able to see Dan- Daniel Gushin um, dressing yeah. Ice Dogs colors. 
And we might as well get to that topic now because I think it was a discussion that a lot of people around the OHL are having right now. Who who's leaving? They've got three imports now. That's why I tweeted that out. Yeah, when he when I saw that sign, I tweeted that. So now, wow, amazing news for Niagara. It is amazing news. I it mean, is. Neil Gushin's a top fifteen player, top ten player in this and in the Ontario Hockey League, no question about it. Mm-hmm. But now, when you have the three imports, you got to get rid of one. I mean, you got Diocino there, the D. He just took the imports wrapped. He's he looked pretty good. He did look pretty good on Saturday evening. Uh, you got Graham, who you just got too. Who Caitlin Barry is very high on. <laughs> big time, big add. time, yeah. Yeah, big time. And rightly so, rightly so. He's a really good player. It's tough. It is a tough situation. And I think they ride out this weekend. I think they put the imports. I mean, obviously, Gushin's a lock. Yeah. You look at your D depth. You look at the D depth. You look at the injuries you got right now. Enright was out. He looks, by the way, Reese, he looks a lot thicker this year. I mean, he looks like a man. He looks like out now. Like he doesn't look right. like a scrawny kid, like laggy kid. So yep. look out for him. I think that's going to be beneficial for him. You have Cook who looked okay. Ah, it's tough. It's tough. That was really good. I, yeah, I think the goal for the Bucks is to get Gustian here for Friday. Get him in two games and see yeah. how he Who's the best. How he gels. So, so Reese, uh, obviously. If you've never seen him play in the OHL. Obviously, he's been in the USHL. That Big difference. Very good hockey uh, in that league, but there is still a difference between the Ontario Hockey League and the USHL. And, and you're going up. Yeah, you can say as much as you want about, oh, they're the same. They can develop players just as well. Eh, debatable. Not quite. Not uh, quite maybe to that level one day. They still, they still create very talented players. Don't get me wrong, but there's just a difference about the Ontario Hockey League where it's been established for so long, and you see all these high-end guys coming from this league. It goes, well, Gustian is still going to be able to – is still going to have to adjust to the OHL level and – doesn't mean that he's going to score 50 goals in 35 games. Like he's still going to be a 35 to 50 goal scorer. It's just, yeah. is it going to happen right away? Or is it going to happen, you know, a month into the season when he realizes, oh, this is the style look? of play in the OHL? Okay. All right. I figured it out. Let's go. Yep. And how does he look right away? And that's very important. I mean, Kitchener's a Jay Ross. They're a Jay Ross Robertson Cup favorites right now. I mean, I know we're not making predictions, but they're up there on my in my top three definitely right now. Kitchener, I mean, they've they've aced their last two drafts. They've had really good drafts, and Reese, it, the OHL is the best development league in the world. So it's going to be a major adjustment for Gushin. I think that he goes. I think he comes up and he, like you said, he plays both games. He plays both games for sure because you got to get him in there. You got to get him used to the the OHL game. Every league's different. Every league's different. The pace is yeah. different. Structure's a lot different. So that's a huge thing too. I think that right now that they're going to release the for, a forward, in my opinion, I don't like making assumptions, but yeah. in my opinion, when you look at the depth of that team, when you look at the youth on that team, they have a lot of young forwards that you would like to not have to sit in the press box. You would like to get them out there. The D, the D you can kind of sit them in, send them down to junior B, you can make adjustments. But with young well, well, and who who knows after that Mason Howard hit, you you may need an extra defenseman to start the season. You may need to keep a defenseman to start the season because who knows if he's going to miss any time yet on the hearing. 
Yeah, yeah. no word yet on a hearing for Mason Howard. He got a hit to the, got a hit to the head on Saturday evening against Guelph. So that was against Chase Coughlin as well, mm-hmm. the 05 right winger for Guelph. So for anyone that, that didn't was- see it, he did not leave his feet, but the initial yeah. point of contact was high. Yeah, when you watch the hands, right? You watch yeah. the hands, and when it, when you go in slow motion, when you turn your back, and the NHL took those hits away because Nick Cronwell was killing guys with those hits, and then you and saw it was PK entertaining. Subban. So why why should it, we have? Yeah, that? yeah, and then you saw PK Subban blow a guy out and pull mm-hmm. his back out doing it, yep. and all these guys just got hurt from doing it. And, but those the, those hits were it was open ice, and, and I get the point of we want to keep players in the game, but like. Being in junior, yeah, being in junior, being in junior, I don't know if you need that hit, but it was open ice too. It yeah, it was. Near the board, yep. If it was near the boards, it would have been a lot different yep. because if you're beside the boards, you get that boards impact where open ice, you're going to feel it and everyone's yeah. going to see it. Yeah, so, if Howard would have kept he, his hands down, then it would have been fun. I think it would have been shoulder to shoulder. But the, the fact that the hands came up, yeah, and I know that's just kind of a follow through of the hit, but it's still to the head, which yeah. is the point of so that's part that scares me about that. I don't know if there will be, I don't know if there'll be a review, obviously hit to the head. His, and plus what the penalty was on the ice, it is a review. So I guess it's wait and see, see mm-hmm. what happens, but it's going to be interesting to see what the ice dogs defenseman, if he gets anything, what happens about that. Um, Howard looked pretty tough out there though. He did look pretty tough out there on Saturday night. I'll tell you that. Yeah. He, uh, he was using the body pretty good. Yeah, he was using the body. Another London guy that likes to hit Niagara. Heard that up there. Right? <laughs> London, Ontario, Will Ahead. Yeah, Willie Lahead. I enjoyed watching yeah, him play. I miss Willie Lahead. And he was so aggressive. I remember in the playoffs, again, the year London got reverse swept to Guelph. So two, three, two seasons ago. You bring now. that up a lot for, a Lon- for being a London fan. You bring that and up he- a lot. I remember him blocking shots, like laying out blocking shots late in game seven. Uh, it was just textbook game seven hockey. <laughs> I always mention that because of Will ahead. But yeah, he uh, he deserved to win that series. I mean, he deserved to win a J. Ross Robinson Cup for sure. Uh, yeah, he was close in 2016. Lost to the yeah. last Knights. <laughs> yeah, but he was close, yeah. But, but. He, uh, he was a gamer. He was a gamer for yeah. sure. And uh, Mason Howard, he has that little bit of that spark in him. You can tell they had him and Landon Cato together on the decor. Two guys that are They're big. Just asking guys. for people to get hit <laughs> coming up the him. wing through the Cato. ice. Yeah, Cato can throw him. Yeah. Cato can throw him with the best of them in the league. I mean, he's one of the heavyweights. He's a good. Def- he's improved a lot too. He's improved a lot from development camp, from the Leafs development camp. So there's another one to look out for. But it'll be interesting to see how they look. But we'll see. Saturday will be interesting. Kitchener's a veteran team. Kitchener's a good team. I mean, they're well-structured. They're well-ran with uh, Mackenzie. It's going to be fun to see. We'll see if uh, Pinelli comes back from L.A. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I would imagine he being a top-two-round pick in this year's draft, I would imagine he'll at least get one exhibition game. The thing is with the exhibition games is, especially L.A., they have so much depth. I mean, in their scrimmage, Francesco Pinelli was on the fourth line of the one team. So – when you're that deep behind like five prospects on just one team, not, not two, just one. So you, so you put them on the main team. How often does he get to play? Right. So we'll see what happens about that. Obviously Francesco Pelli is not a fourth line player, so he's going to get a chance. You want to get him into a good spot. So I would imagine he'll get a game, maybe two of maybe performs. Well, then he'll stay. But if not, 
they'll send them back for seasoning. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, of course, that game goes down Friday at the Odd in Kitchener, and then they'll do it again one night later at the Meridian Center in St. Catharines. But a couple more headlines to get to before uh, we take a break and look at the East Division players to watch. Um, the Canadian Hockey League announced that the 2021 CIBC Canada-Russia series will not be played uh, given the ongoing challenges, challenges presented by the global pandemic. Uh, the CHL is committed to health and safety of its players and fans and remains optimistic about the return of the event during the 2022-2023 season. And of course, details about that event uh, will be announced at a later date because you can't announce anything about that when it's over a year away. Exactly. So, so the Canada Russia series is not happening, which sucks because that's one of the events I really look forward to, especially after being able to go and cover one in 2000. And I guess it was 2018 18. fall of 2018. Um, I got the opportunity to go. Um, I met RJ Broadhead that day. I got to interview him um, for a school project. I reached out to him. So shout out to Mike Farwell for, um, you know, passing on the email to Ted Lehman to who passed it on to me, who uh, I then of course reached out to RJ Broadhead. So I got to interview him. And then of course I got to cover the game, watch the game and then drive Ben Jones home because he had a game to play in Niagara a night or two later. I can't remember. So um, that was a nice event to cover. And that was in Sarnia uh, that year. Michael DiPietro was the starting goaltender. And that's when you saw an absolute beauty of a goal from, I can't remember who it was and it's going to bug me but I can't remember who scored the unbelievable goal. I think it was Barrett Hayton. Barrett Hayton scored an unreal goal. Year, he, he and that was, that I was pumped to see that in person because I was right in front of that play and it was unreal. So if anyone remembers that goal that Barrett Hayton scored in the 2018 Canada-Russia series, you remember a good one because that was really fun to watch. Um, yeah. So that is um, first agenda or – I guess that's probably like topic number five or six for the headlines. But uh, last one we want to get to. Yeah, it is. We always like catching up. It's been a week, seven yeah. days. It's longer than you think. A lot of stuff. Yeah, a lot's going on. A lot's going to go on from here on until yeah. whenever the season ends. So it's going to be fun. Yeah. Um, and the final topic to get to here in segment number one, the September edition of the NHL draft rankings have been released. And what a shocker. Shane Wright is number one. And he's not going to change. I mean, if I see Shane Wright not number one on any list, I'm just scrolling through that list. I don't. I mean, I'm just going to skip it. But that's yeah, how almost, Shane Wright is. It's almost the same situation as oh, Lafreniere number one all the way, unless Detroit. Who's was two? First. But who's two? Who's two? That's the thing. Who's yeah. two? I mean, Shogas eleven. That was pretty cool. Ty Nelson eleven. Hunter yeah. Hayt from a uh, Barry fourteen. London native. Bryce McConnell, Barker, London Junior Knight, Sioux St. Marie, Greyhound, 21, Spencer Sova, 22, and Danny Zilkin at the Gold Storm, 32. 32 with the Seattle Kraken, who just made their debut. So there's the it's first round. They win. It looked ugly at first, but they won in a WHL rink last night in Spokane. Yeah, Spokane. Yeah, Spokane. That was, it looks sharp, dude. That's a nice rank. Yeah, it looks nice. nice. Maybe yeah. we have to go to a different arena then. Maybe we have to go to more than one arena than just Regina. Yeah. Maybe we'll do like a Regina, Saskatoon type thing. <laughs> yeah. Be interesting. We got to make it out there. We got to make it out east, but we'll probably skip Quebec and go to like. Nova hey, or something. St. John's. St. John's Mem Cup. Yeah. 
Called it. Forgot about that. Yeah, Actually, we didn't call it. I said St. John's. Someone else called it. And we just <laughs> we just did that at the end of our show. Uh, I forget. Okay. I'll, I'll bring up the tweet. I can't remember who it was. I know I retweeted it. Someone who covers the St. John's Sea Dogs um, said that it was – there it is, Jamie Tozer. And again – Oh, but on the debate over them. I'm not sure if I said that right. But, yeah, between uh, between St. John and Quebec, St. John gets the Memorial Cup in 2022. Of course, we discussed it at the end of last week's show because it was semi-breaking-ish rumors. Not news yet, just rumors. Um, and that was, of course, made official this past week. So the chase for St. John is on. Who will be the OHL representative this season? We will not answer that right now because we haven't seen teams play in a year and a half. (laughs) Yeah, we'll find out in about five, six months. Yeah. Plus. We'll make our predictions at the trade deadline. Who knows? But to do it. Maybe Christmas. Maybe Christmas. Make it Christmas. Yeah, like, but you gotta after you gotta World wait. Junior and then go down. Yeah, you gotta wait to see till after World Juniors. It's like the scouting rankings. It's like the scouting rankings. Yeah, because the deadline you kind of got an idea already who's going to be the team. Yeah. Oh, there's always like six teams in that mix. It's like yeah, one out of the yeah, six. You, yeah. The teams are separated. You've got the top of the pack. You've got the middle of the pack, and then you've got the bottom. Bottom. Yeah, and, and I wonder this year with the draft lottery, how many teams are going to try to fight. Like, if you're in that last playoff spot, I wonder how many teams you're going to quote-unquote sell mm-hmm. or buy. Like, this is the deadline. This is the lottery. Yep. I'm kind of intrigued to see what teams approach is with that. Like, if you're in eighth place and you're, like, eight points up in the playoffs, what are you going to do? Like, it's tough to blow that many games, right? So, it's, it's going to be interesting to see, like, what those teams do. Obviously, they'll probably sell, but it's going to be interesting to see with the lottery's approach this year. You really can't tank, so that's going to be interesting to see how the deadline looks with teams and what they do. So I'm, ex- I'm excited to see what the approach is of uh, some teams. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a different season, like we said, year and a half. You never know what's going to happen, so um, we're excited for it. The season is getting closer and closer, and next week is our season preview show before the season kicks off on a Thursday night, so it should be interesting. We'll have our first featured game, of course, uh, we will preview that next show, uh, but we'll discuss that at the end when we get to the name bracket, and then we'll preview next week's show. But it is time for a break. We've gone about half an hour just chatting about stuff, headlines, and what have you. So yeah, uh, we will take a break. We will come back and discuss our players to watch for the East Division, the final division, uh, as we go through all four, of course, leading into our season preview where We look at the teams as a whole and not just individual players. So East Division players to watch is next here on the Owen 60 podcast. This is the Owen 60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Owen 60 pod for all the latest updates and news from around the OHL. Welcome back to the Owen 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the Owen 60 podcast. Link tree is there. Find our website. You can find every, you can find our podcast wherever you get your podcast. Again, at the Owen 60 podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And it's time for our players to watch in the East division, fourth and final division for us to get to. And we start 
first off, down the 403 in Hamilton with the Hamilton Bulldogs, which, by the way, I saw something uh, Scott Radley tweeted out. I think he had an article out about it. Hamilton Bulldogs want to play an outdoor game at Tim Hortons Field this year. Big time. I, I just wanted to mention that before we got to their players. It made me remind me – or looking at their roster made me remind myself, hey, I wanted to talk about this. So the Hamilton Bulldogs looking at playing an outdoor game at Tim Hortons Field. That would be dope. That would be unreal. Oh, that would be unreal. Yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty good. Uh, play Niagara, maybe just at the road. That would be a good one. Do the, do the canine cup snap. <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting. That would be interesting to see those two teams just at the road, right? That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, I hope so. I hope so. Maybe that Friday, maybe that Friday night game, because since the Sunday, I believe it's a Sunday. It usually is a Sunday, the outdoor game for the NHL, the Heritage Classic. Leafs are in it, so I could care less. Yeah. I mean, I still look just because it's an outdoor game, but I think it's I think it's uh, a Sunday, Buffalo Montreal or Buffalo Toronto. There, you got me off Toronto now. <laughs> I feel like it'll be Buffalo on a Sunday in. Hamilton, so I feel like the Friday, the Friday night would be perfect because the alumni games on the Saturday, usually the night before, is an alumni game. Yeah, I mean, alumni between those two teams might not be too bad. So they'll probably only have Ryan Miller, Detroit, considered alumni now. Hey, hey, so your brother will love that one. He'll be at the alumni game before the NHL game. <laughs> he bought a Vancouver Canucks Miller jersey, so that tells you. Oh, okay. Yeah, jump, he'll be jumping on the wings wagon in about two years recently. Yeah. So you're good. I mean, like, that'd be cool to do some kind of event like they did at Comerica Park. Um, exactly. With, with That's what I was thinking. Teams. Like, that, that was awesome to see. You had Windsor, you had Plymouth, you had Saginaw, you had London playing. Like, that's like if the OHO could figure out a way to do two games, I'm not sure what you would do if you do Hamilton, Niagara, and then, like, Mississauga and Kitchener. Kitchener, maybe, or Kitchener, London outdoors. Like, yeah, but I don't know how that would sell in Hamilton, a neutral site. Yeah. I was thinking London, Kitchener, outdoors at Western or outdoors at Laurier would be pretty cool. At Western, at TD Place, they re- they renovated that. It's a nice spot there, and it's big enough. It's like, well, it's like 12,000, but that'd be pretty good for an outdoor big game enough. to see. Yeah. That'd be pretty good to see a Knights Rangers outdoor game. That'd be wild yeah. there uh, in Western. Maybe but maybe the OHL makes this a yearly thing. Go, you know what? Maybe go Erie, Niagara. Mississauga Hamilton. It's not a bad idea. Or if you want, yeah, because Erie and Niagara had done a neutral site before. Erie Niagara played a game at uh, yeah. At, back then, it might have been HSBC Arena, whatever, whatever the heck the name was, because they decided to change it so often. What was uh, it? First, they Niagara. played at the home of the Buffalo Sabre. First Niagara, that's what it was, because it's KeyBank Center now, so it's it, probably yeah, first Key Niagara Bank, yeah. at the time. I was thinking- so that yeah, they they played a game there, and yeah. that was pretty cool. I wasn't a part of it, oh, but I I watched the game. Cool, that though. was pretty sweet. Yeah, it's a cool environment to go be able to go to an NHL arena yeah. and look. I they'll figure it out, and I really hope that at least the one game's there for sure. Hamilton mm-hmm. playing too. We'll see, but Hamilton Niagara would be very good for attendance wise. Yeah. It would be really good, and also it's a big deal. Hamilton it would be nice to get an outdoor game because. You're only having fifty percent as of now, so we should be able to get about twenty five thousand in that uh, donut box there in Hamilton. The donut box. We got the donut the box in Hamilton. We got the pizza box in Detroit. Yeah. Mm. Oh well, but that would be a cold place to play an outdoor game, though. That'd be yeah. so cold. 
because that wind goes right through because on both the both the end zones it's there's no seating so that wind goes right through the middle of yep. the field and it's cold like when you're down low it's cold there's blowing so snow man. cold on the ice Ooh. yeah yeah especially in march like that you don't know but yeah. it it will be cold like as long as we don't have a situation good. like we did in uh uh, with the NHL outdoor game, L- Lake Placid was it? I think. Yeah, with the delay. Lake Placid. Yeah, Lake Placid on Tahoe there. Yeah, Lake Tahoe. That's Lake what it Tahoe. was. Lake Placid's where the Olympics were for the Miracle yeah. Ice. But as long as we don't have a situation where the ice starts melting and you got to play the game another time, we'll we'll be. There's okay. a different. The big thing is with that is it's going to be a different uh, environment. You're in can You're in Ontario, Canada, not Nevada. So that's big. Um, yeah, which is <laughs> and you actually you're actually gonna have piping underneath the field of play or rank of play now you can yeah. say, but you're actually gonna have real like a I setup that where you can Nevada. Yeah, but it's just not the same as Ontario. I it's know snowing and blowing. I know. Like it helps it when it's cooler. Yeah, but that'll be interesting to see. I hope they get it though. I hope there's no HL yeah, outdoor games. Awesome. They're always fun. Get the special jerseys and stuff like. That's good. Yeah. I feel like Hamilton would go their full yellow uniforms with the Hamilton with the big H and I just gonna say and, that. <laughs> like then you could have the ice dogs go with their new alternates. Ooh, those would look that wouldn't be bad. That'd be the best jersey versus jersey matchup right? in the history of an OHL game if those two went at it. Like that, that'd be so they cool. might try it in a regular season game just at the Meridian Center or first on the They will for Center. sure. For sure they will. The opening night game, they probably will. Well, not in Barry, but their home opener on Saturday, they will for sure probably go. I can Reds. see that. Because they're going Reds at home this year. Yeah, uh, my jersey's rare. I got a black one, so. Yeah, those are rare now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, players to watch in the East Division. The Hamilton Bulldogs are first. Oh, <laughs> who you got? Well, I've been high on them all camp, and I got to stick to it. Jordan Donovan, he's going to have a huge year. So the six foot, 158. He's definitely bigger than that. He's definitely had the COVID gains as well in a good way. Jordan Donovan's my pick, a left-handed defenseman. Very good all-around defenseman. He's going to be He's going to be another one that goes high on those draft rankings where you're looking at it right now in the first round. He's not there. Oh, okay, but in December he will be. It's similar to Brody Crane. Those two will be up there by the end of the year for sure. And Donovan's going to explode onto the scene. Yeah, for me, I'm staying, staying in the defensive end as well. I am looking at, and again, we're not 1,000% sure if he's going to be starting. But Marco Costantini, I think, is the goalie of the future for the Bulldogs. I think that's obvious. Um, that so that might be a Captain Obvious moment for me. But Marco Costantini, <laughs> that will return. Captain Obvious, key to the game, by the way. That is going to return for anyone wondering. Driving um, report to games. <laughs> Marco Costantini is, I think, in line for the starters role. I think if he can prove that he can play – 50 games out of 68, 45 and 50 games uh, around that area, then I think he will be the guy for the Bulldogs. I think he's going to lead them um, into the playoffs. I think Zachary Roy may be a guy who goes and backs up for an experienced team or possibly starts. You never really know. Um, We're six to four. First thing we look at for a Zach Roy start, is how he handles playing the puck. It's been a problem for him throughout the, his entire OHL career. We've seen it happen numerous times where the puck is turned over, whether the other team scores or not. So 
we lo- we looked for it in the 2018 or 2019 2020 season. We're going to be looking for it again from Zachary Roy. If those mistakes continue to happen, if you continue to see the same thing over and over again, where he gives pucks away or he makes bad passes to his defenseman and the puck just ends up going down the ice, then you know Marco Costantini is a perfect guy to step into this role and prove that he can be a number one in the OHL. And for the Hamilton Bulldogs, it's you're looking for a guy who can lead you back to an OHL championship, just like Caden Fulcher did in 2018. 100% and Constantine is so structurally sound. I mean, he's looked, he looks so different now. It looks so calm in that. And he's gotten a lot bigger in that as well, which is huge. And yeah, Reese, I agree 100% with you. I think he'll be, I honestly think he'll be the number one goalie. I mean, he's mm-hmm. deserving. He's played so well in the games he has played. And he was good a lot, or 2019 2020 season. He was good in the small spurts we saw him play. He was good. So, I think he's ready to take that big role this year. I expect to see it, and I, I think he's going to be really good. I like that pick. All right, next team, the Kingston Frontenacs. They have a very excited, exciting season ahead of them. We thought they were going to have one man behind the bench. That did not happen. McFarland went to Seattle, so they got a new bench boss, as do many teams in the Ontario Hockey League this season. There's quite a few coaching changes um, from the 2019-2020 season, but for the Kings and Frontenacs, Colin, easy to pick Shane Wright. Not sure if you're (laughs) picking him or not, but who's your guy? No, 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 I can't take Shane Wright. I mean, there's a local guy for me, Maddox Callens, who I think is going to have a big year for them. I think he's a 20-25 goal guy this year, but my pick is Paul Ludwinski. Their first round pick in last year's draft. He's on. He's been on the Guess first we line. The same guy. Did we? Oh, but he, <laughs> nah, you're good, man. <laughs> oh, he. Uh, I can switch, but he's been get. I mean, he's been on that top line at camp a little bit with Shane Wright. In he's with Maddox Callens as well. In the one game, it was those three on the top line, and that's a good line. That's a solid trio there. They all do their parts, and obviously that'll change when. Wiz comes back around after probably after World Juniors, yeah, unless sure the Flyers the again. There's still that Flyers scenario. The surgery, really no. Yeah, with the surgery. Um, but Ludwinski's my guy. I think he's he's looked really good. I was high on him in the draft. I'm excited to see what he can do finally in the OHL. Uh, my pick is exactly one year later in the exact same spot that they took Paul Ludwinski is Matthew Soto. 2005 born Oakville, Ontario native. Like I said, first round pick fifth overall in 2021. If he has a hot start, there's no reason why he couldn't be a top six forward for the Kingston Frontenacs. And I think when you have a team like Kingston, where Shane writes, you obvious leader, you know, that is going to be the case, but you're, you're looking for a supporting cast. And like you said, Callens can be put into that situation. Uh, Ludwinski is going to be put into that situation. I think they're going to give Matthew Soto an equal opportunity as anyone on this team. And with all of this young firepower, we talk about the guys in Niagara with Femis, with uh, oh, I'm drawing a blank here. Castle. Yeah, with Castle, exactly. Leonard. You get opportunities Cook. for young players. You have spots open that need to be filled that have been vacated due to graduating players. And you get a situation like Kingston where you haven't seen Soto or Ludwinski on an OHL ice surface in a regular season game. 
go have fun, boys. Let's see what you can do. If you excite us, you're going to be put into situations where you're going to succeed. Top six role. Um, if you're having an unbelievable stretch, you may move up to that top line with Soto in particular being a right winger. Um, but, you know, the, the spot's open. And I think Ludwinski, Soto, they are the next group behind Shane Wright to yeah. lead the Kingston Frontenacs back to, you know, an Eastern Conference final, possibly an OHL final. Yeah, and they were very high. Kingston was very high on Maidama, who went to Windsor one pick before it. So they're yeah. going to develop Soto. Who had, well, Maidama has that relationship with the Kingston Frontenacs. He has ties there. So they were very high on him. But Soto, Soto's a huge development they pick, and he'll be pretty good. I, honestly, I think he'll be good. I was high on him in the draft. I like that pick as well, Reese. Yeah, well, and it, it sucks we can watch him play with the Oakville Rangers U16 AAAs in 2020-2021 because yeah. of the season he had with the U15s, 44 points in 34 games, points 21 goal. goals, 23 assists. He had 20 penalty minutes, so it's not like he's, you know, just a pushover or anything. So that that was kind of crappy yeah. to not be able to watch him play, watch actually any prospect play, because I know we had talked about going to see some of these minor midget games um, sometime throughout the season, which we'll do as well as, uh, junior B and possibly junior C, but um, I think Soto, if he had a chance to play in the uh, in minor midget, he might have been higher than a top five pick in the OHL draft. He might have been, you know, we're looking exactly. around two or three, right? So um, it's exactly. just Kingston's exciting. There's a lot of young players exactly. to be excited about. And and the Mitama ties for you guys that are wondering, the listeners, um, Mitama's ties is coach and Quinty Tyler Longo, who's the president of the Quinty Minor Hockey. He's done really good development. Uh, his brother Chris Longo is the assistant coach for the Kingston Front next. So that's why yeah. Kingston, I would say, had big high expectations with Mitama. But Soto's a really good pick. All right. Next up in the East Division, the Oshawa Generals, a team that was destined to go to the Memorial Cup and possibly host it. We'll see what they're about this year. We're not really too sure. We talked to Callum Ng, the radio voice of the Oshawa generals to kind of get, you know, a grasp on like, what are they trying to do here? Like what, what are we looking at in terms of Oshawa generals hockey uh, come the fall? And he really couldn't give us a great answer as far as this team's going to compete, compete. That's just what teams under Tulio do. And it's going to be a fun season, no matter what happens, whether they're, you know, in the bottom five or the top five in the Eastern conference, it's just the Oshawa generals put out an exciting product on the ice. And Oshawa is always competitive. Like you said, they're always competitive. They're always in the top five in their respected conference. They're always in the top two of their division. So they're always competitive. My pick's Callum Ritchie, the second overall pick this year. Yeah. I saw Cam Allen on the weekend in Guelph, who is one of the best defensemen on the ice for either team. He was really good. Callum Ritchie, the pick behind first overall in Quentin Musty. Callum Ritchie, just as good. He's big. He's got the size. He's got the skill. 59 points in 30 games in his 19-20 season on that Oakville Rangers team. Like Reese just mentioned, and Callum Ritchie's my pick for Oshawa. I think he has a big year. I think he plays a top six role right away. Being a top three pick in the Ontario Hockey League draft, you're gonna get you're gonna get a big role right away. And in my opinion, I think Ritchie has a big year. Yeah, it's a very easy pick, and there's no reason why he can't be in the top six uh, for the Oshawa Generals as well. If he has a very hot start for them, uh, for me, it's gonna be new captain Ty Tulio coming off of his first training camp with the Edmonton Oilers. And I was reading an article on Twitter, just scrolling through, just seeing about oh how Ty Tulio's style just fits with the Edmonton Oilers. And 
I'm really interested to see how he comes back from that. He comes back to the Oshawa generals and it just seems like the generals can push out talent from Windsor. You know, they did it with Jack Studnika and Ty Tulio is just the next guy up. Who's got the talent to be really good. He, I would assume, obviously all players are like this. He would have been like, like to have been taken higher in the NHL draft, but you know, like we talked about with Pasquale Zito, it's, it's the lay round guys that really make a difference when it comes to you winning Stanley cups and, you know, Ken Holland has drafted quite a few players late in drafts who have gone on to have really good careers. So um, Ty Tulio is an interesting one. The new captain, we'll see how he responds to that leadership role. He'll have a nice uh, cast with him. Brett Harrison going to be part of that leadership group as well. So Ty Tulio is an interesting player to watch. And if he gets off to a hot start in the Ontario Hockey League, the Generals will be up there. uh, Top three, four or five teams in the Eastern Conference for sure. Oh, for sure. And the big thing is I like about that pick, Reese. Tulio knows the expectations of that franchise. He's been yeah. around the Memorial Cup winning team. He knows the expectations. So that's a massive one, too. That's a massive note on the Tulio pick as well with mm-hmm. uh, with what he knows and what expectations goes about being a general. And he's really going to spread that message around the room since he's growing up around that team. Yeah, good point by you at the end there. Uh, moving on to one of the best teams in the Ontario Hockey League over the last few seasons, the Ottawa 67s, team four of five in the East Division. Colin, who are you looking at uh, from the team in the nation's <laughs> capital? Well, we had a show guest in uh, Luca Pinelli who's going to play a big role there, but my pick's Christopher Barless, the first-round pick who went 12th overall. That Nathan Grad U18 program has really improved over the last three drafts. Devin Quinty, you look at the last three drafts, it's like Ottawa area. We've never mm-hmm. really saw that many first round picks or that many top two round picks from that area in so long. And all of a sudden, the last three drafts, we see like five Navin picks get picked in the first two rounds. I mean, what? And that's a program that's for real. They're on the map now. They're here to stay and they're developing very well. So Christopher Barless is my guy, 51 points in 29 games in his 1920 season. So he's a points guy, big skill guy. 5'10", 180, so he's a little bit thicker for a 16-year-old, for a which is really good. You like that. You got some meat on you. You're not going to get pushed around. So he's going to get bigger as well. He'll probably fill out to about 6'1", 6'2", maybe get 185, 6'2". Pretty good size, if you ask me, uh, for a hockey player. So mm-hmm. I like that pick. It might be a pick that's good two years from now, like – next season where, hey, that's a good pick in his draft year or post-draft year where, hey, this guy get this guy's a point-of-game guy. Yeah. So look out for Christopher Barless for years to come, not just this year, for years to come. Yeah, no, that's – again, we talk about all these guys. He 67s, you look for guys to build around, he's going to be that guy, um, especially with them moving on from what they had over the last few years that brought them success. So uh, for me, it's going to be uh, the brother of my first pick from an East team, Anthony Costantini, defenseman uh, for the Ottawa 67, 6'1", 170. Not the biggest defenseman around. And, of course, we're used to big defensemen with Moritz Sider going to be absolutely unreal with the Detroit Red Wings. But um, the biggest stat I look for here as a rookie defenseman, seven assists, no goals, 59 games played. Rookie defensemen don't expect them to put up. 50 points yeah. that, that that's played, just tough in the Ontario. They hockey. played him at forward a little bit too. I think they did. Think yeah. They yeah. A couple of times a won a couple of face-offs. So um, 
But yeah, he, he was a plus 21 as a rookie defenseman. And obviously with the Ottawa 67s, the teams that they had, you could say, oh, well, it's really easy to be plus, especially on that team. Well, rookie defenseman, a lot of mistakes are going to happen. And the fact that he was able to be plus 21 is pretty impressive. So yeah, for is. me, for me, for him, it's just a good transition from your own zone into the neutral zone and yep. trying to find a way to move the puck quickly and, you know, doing your part to get in on the offense. You want to increase that seven point total from your rookie season. Well, okay. You got to get a little bit stronger. You got to be able to skate a little bit faster so you can get back. If you have an opportunity to lead a rush into the offensive zone. So I think, I think Costantini is going to be a player that will stand out a little bit more than maybe the average defenseman. And I'm excited for that with the auto 67s with this, with a new core that's going to start to emerge. Oh, big time, big time. I like that pick reach. It's a good one. Constantini being a six round pick too is a really yeah. high. It's, it's not low value, but it's, it's a higher end value. It's not average. It's above average pick for the sixth round to get that many years out of a guy out of a defenseman is pretty good. So that's a good pick. And obviously that role is going to step up. You're going to run power play. Now you're going to run yep. penalty kill. You're going to be a leader. You're going to be that workhorse. As you see Ottawa do through these years. I mean, you saw Hoff and Meyer, you saw ball, you saw those guys play a lot of minutes and they roll their horses and Constantine is going to be a horse this year. And he's going to roll a lot of minutes. Yeah. All right. Team number five and the final team in the East division. It is the Peterborough Peets. Yeah, so, so Peterborough has a bunch of guys. It's like going to an all-you-can-eat all buffet and just keep <laughs> going up. It just keeps going around and around and around. I mean, obviously, Donovan McCoy, the defenseman out of Quinty, is a very yep. good guy. He's going to play a lot of minutes this year. but And they have a couple good imports as well. But my pick's J.R. Avon. I think J.R. Avon's going to have a heck of a season. Um, I love his game. Last year, saw him play in Guelph in the featured game. And – you watched him with the puck. He was with McTavish. I mean, him and McTavish were one and two on that line on a get and drove the ice at, in their rookie seasons. So J.R. Avon, 11 points in 56 games well, last season, but I expect him to have a massive year this year. And J.R. Avon's my pick, and I think he runs that first line along with Mason McTavish. And Mason McTavish might not get back till a little bit later because of Anaheim's camp being a first-round pick, and I expect him to carry the brunt of that role. Brian Zanetti, Brian Zanetti as well is another one, the defenseman out of Switzerland. Your import pick in 2021, was it this year or last year? I had to check, but as you 2021 or 2022, your import pick, Brian Zanetti, defenseman's a very good pick as well. They have good imports, Peterborough. Yeah, for me, for Peterborough, I think it's easy. Uh, I'm I'm going to be watching Mason McTavish with a magnifying glass. I'm gonna I'm gonna be watching a lot Super of his style. games. Yeah, it's he has a chance to be the MVP, the leading scorer in the Ontario Hockey League this season, very very easily. Uh, Forty two points in his rookie campaign in fifty seven games. He was taken third overall uh, in the NHL draft, like you mentioned, uh, with the Anaheim Ducks. He will more than likely get back a little bit later, but that really won't make a difference. He will make an impact in the first practice that he shows up in the first five minutes of that practice, just having his presence on the ice. Is going to mean a is going to be a huge difference for the Peterborough Peets and it's with Robertson graduating out and we're not sure Dragic if he's going to be yeah uh, we're not sure if Robertson's going to be AHL or NHL we'll have to see that but uh, Mason Mc, Mason McTavish is going to be the new leader of this team 
and he's going to do it with points. He's going to do it with his hockey sense. He's going to do it with a lot of the things that he learned at Anaheim Ducks camp that he's going to pass on uh, to the younger guys who are getting ready to be drafted into the NHL or who have to wait another couple of drafts to be taken. So Mason McTavish, I, there's going to be a lot of nights that I'm going to have Mason McTavish on my laptop, just watching him skate around with the puck. Yeah, for 100%. And Reese, with Mason McTavish, he's going to, I think he's the one guy. I mean, obviously, there's a couple of guys, but, and it's tough to make them the favorites when Shane Wright's going to play a full year and doesn't have to go through NHL camp this year. Yeah. But I think Mason McTavish is that guy that's going to give Shane Wright the run for the scoring mm-hmm. title. I, if there was one guy to bet on that would be the betting favorite to give Shane Wright that, uh, that edge yeah. or that competition, it's going to be Mason McTavish. So, I like that pick. And Mason McTavish is going to be a leader this year for sure. And he's going to play a lot of minutes. He's going to be a horse. I mean, high motor guy. He's going to score a lot of goals. He's going to, he's going to fill that. He's going to fill nets up with pucks for sure. It's going to be exciting. I like that one. Such a good shot. And well, Zanetti, Zanetti was a 2020 import pick. I just want to add, I just found it out. All good. Uh, well, Mason McTavish and Shane Wright, very good chance they're teammates at the world juniors. So yeah. oh, that, that's just as exciting to see them play there. Also, so. also, I and I know this is way early. I know it's kind of off topic, but I also think Connor Bedard gets a look. Bedard is nasty. Ten points in three exhibition games. <laughs> like, I if Not he plays it. that, if he plays that, yeah, it's pretty good for sixteen. Yeah. If he plays it, I mean, I have it's rare to see better, but if you, uh, I honestly think if he plays like that, he's gonna get the, he's gonna get a look. So it's going to be interesting to see. I know it's kind of off topic, but I just want to mention yeah. that after that U18 performance, incredible team Canada team. No, you're good, man. That is definitely, we're in the conversation of Shane Wright, Mason McTavish. Yeah, Connor Bedard fits in there pretty easily. So yeah, um, that is okay. And that brings us to the end of segment number two. Those are your players to watch in the East division for us anyways. Obviously a lot of people have different picks than that, but that's who kind of we think who, may have to be bigger impact players for the team who we know will be bigger impact players uh, for their teams and maybe some surprises that people weren't expecting. So we hope you took something out of that, um, especially out of all four divisions as we went back through the last four shows. So it's fun to do that after being away from away, kind of recognize you're looking at the roster. Oh, I remember that guy. That guy. That guy. And that's why you're looking at, you're going through and it's just, it's so, so my background story with Peter real. <laughs> so about two weeks ago was it two weeks ago yeah two weeks ago we ended the west right or three weeks ago now we ended the west the west so, was first yeah yeah so three weeks ago and i remember we were going to the east and i remember thinking peter real and then i looked at their roster that night and they had like seven guys come to my head like that <laughs> yeah. i was like oh okay this is gonna be fun <laughs> it's gonna be like the all you can eat buffet on a sunday <laughs> so you can't go wrong yeah, no, it's the East Division is going to – I think the divisions are going to be competitive. I think well, – I, I was just thinking see, I yeah, think first is going to be ahead of fifth by 40 points or 30 to 40 yeah. points. That's not going to happen. And, and that reminds Saturday, me of the – like, and I know off-topic baseball or whatever. It's going to be like the IBL. We're used to seeing in the IBL first place having a very large amount of wins and last eight, place having like games. five wins and not being not even close. I think I think the Ontario Hockey League, all four divisions are going to be like that. And when you haven't played, right? When you haven't played, nobody knows. Nobody can make nobody can make assumptions because they're not yeah. right. 
I mean, if anyone makes an assumption on a season or on a player other than Shane Wright, Nathan McCaffrey, other than a superstar, yeah, I mean, anyone can do that. Anyone can do that because they're ridiculously good. But anyone can do that. But if anyone makes assumptions on a team's record right now, wow. I mean, yeah. they're uh, gonna they're gonna come into your building, or you're gonna go into their barn, and you're not gonna leave happy because you underestimated <laughs> them, and you're probably gonna lose because you did that. Every team, yeah, every team right now, you gotta have a top look. Usually at this time, you can tell what teams are gonna be what because you see the exhibition, you see guys, uh, you see the systems, you see how they're structured. And usually, it doesn't really change until the deadline or Christmas, because yeah. usually that first month, two months, is a tryout. You want to see how you look, who looks good in this situation, who looks good in that situation. So that's why in this year you really don't know because there was a year off. So you don't know, and you don't know who's going to be a superstar. Like you want, like I watched Guelph, and this isn't a knock because Guelph has some good players, but I watched Guelph on Saturday. I was thinking, so they got Allen, they got Zilkin, they got Chaika, they got some good ones. But like you're going to see a guy like Matthew Potras who had two goals in the game just explode on the seed out of nowhere. No one's talking about him, right? No one's talking about him, but all of a sudden he makes school, he makes break off this year and have 70 points this year over a point a game. He may have that year this year. And that's what I'm so excited to see this year because it's going to be so cool to see guys that no one thought of just light it up. Like if we could pick, literally, if we could pick other names, it would be like a lottery and we'd just be lucky. (laughs) It's that (laughs) cool this year. It's exciting. Obviously for us being Red Wing fans, we wouldn't get lucky with lotteries because we don't, we don't win lotteries. We win cups. So Uh, that one, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'm excited to see what can happen. I mean, I'm all, I'm on the edge of my chair right now talking about it. It's mm. so cool. Oh, we're getting closer, man. We're almost there. We're getting there. Yeah. closer and closer. Hey, to Saturday, Saturday felt so good. Saturday felt so good. And it'll be nice to get back there. Nice to get back there to chat, chat a little bit next week. I mean, I think we'll cover the East first. I think we'll cover the East first. Well, we'll do it all in one, one show, right? True. Yeah, Cause true. we'll have that. Yeah, we're going to have a last end of show the week of opening, opening night. That's very true. 15 minutes for each division, so it should be fun. Uh, Yeah, name bracket. Time for a break. Uh, When we come back, name bracket, and then we will look ahead to next week's show, which will be really fun. So uh, we'll take a break. Come back here on the Owen 60 podcast. This is the Owen 60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Owen 60 pod for all the latest updates and news from around the OHL. Welcome back to the Owen 60 podcast, Reese Demani along with Colin Ward. Final segment of the show, and it is name bracket time. We are down to the final six of this year's bracket. Colin, who are the winners from last week? All right, so we had the two matchups last week. We had Denver Barkley of the London Knights versus Mississauga's Joe Ranger, where Denver Barkley defeated Joe Ranger as Reese shakes his head. I mean, it was close. It was close. But this one was very surprising to me. Honestly, it was very surprising to me. With Niagara's Anthony Augustinelli defeating Sarnia's Mar- Marco Djokovic of the Sarnia's thing. I was very surprised at that. It was the most lopsided win. I honestly, the fa- like that was, I thought that would have been the closest out of all of them. I thought that would have been the closest out of all of them, but yeah. it wasn't. So, oh, well. tough one. Tough one, but we're on to the next week. And Reese, I feel like this week we're pretty close. I feel like this week we're pretty close on our predictions. I feel like we're not too far off from each other. So I can agree with some, that. Should first matchup. The first matchup, we're gonna have the returning champion, Giancarlo Shanton versus the Niagara Ice Dogs. Anthony Augustine. Oh, so, Dogs matchup. 
Ice dogs versus ice dogs. It's like when you go on a, the NHL video game and you play the same team. <laughs> you play against each other. Yeah. It's like Detroit versus Detroit. <laughs> so interesting. But, yeah, we got Shanton versus Augusta Nelly this week. In the first matchup, we have three matchups this week. We have Swankler versus Denver Barkley. Austin Swankler, Beery Otters versus London's Denver Barkley. That's a good matchup. We'll go back to the predictions after, Reese, but that's a good one. I need more time to think of it. I'm on the fence with a couple <laughs> of these. And the third and final matchup of the round is Navarin Mutter of the Hamilton Bulldogs versus the Kingston Frontenacs. Zade Wisdom. Wisdom. That, that pick's easy, Reese. If you want to start with that one. That's very easy. Zade Wisdom. Yep. We're both on Wiz. We're on the Wiz train. We've been on the Wiz train for about two years now. So I'm going Wisdom. Reese is going Wisdom. Reese, Barkley versus Swankler. Who do you got? I think Denver Barkley. So we are. So I'm, I'm going, going Denver Barkley on this one. And I'm going Swankler. I'm going Austin All Swankler. All right. So. That's a good one. That's a good one. That that's all. I, like I feel that. like a lot of people. I feel like a lot of people would expect me to go Barkley because Denver. Yeah. And Barkley, I think those two names and together. Is he so plays iconic. for London. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. But um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, our last matchup is Giancarlo Shanton, the Niagara Ice Dog versus Niagara Ice Dog, the returning champion Giancarlo Shanton, may I add, the Swiss Slugger, versus the Anthony Augustinelli. Reese, who you got, Augustinelli or Shanton? I'm going Shanton. Yeah, I'm going Shanton too. Yeah. So we got the returning champion moving on to the next round. So it's going to be interesting. So Reese has Shanton, Barkley, and Wisdom. Myself, I have Wiz- I have Wisdom, Shanton, and Swankler. I had to retype it out. I was typing it out while I was saying it, so I kind of off a little bit. But yeah, so that's going to be interesting. Multitasking with a blonde like me, it doesn't really work, <laughs> Reese. So you're good. Keeps there. me on my toes. Keeps me on my toes, but yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's yeah. gonna be a fun week. I don't think they'll be. I think they'll be very close. I don't think they'll be blowouts. I think this week will be very close. I don't think it's gonna be lopsided victories. So it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. I'm excited. Gonna be a fun week as we inch closer and closer to the 2021-2022 OHL season. That wraps up this week's episode. Looking ahead, it is preview week. What are we thinking in terms of each division? What are we thinking in terms of each team as a whole? We will talk about tough to predict records. We're not big fans of that because we could look very stupid predicting someone to do well and then they do terrible. Do we do a Twitter poll next uh, Monday afternoon, Um, Monday morning? Maybe Sunday night, do a Twitter poll. Uh, By the way, for anyone wondering, thank you for the reminder. For anyone wondering, you know how we uh, we went about a poll last week about what is the worst excuse to miss a round of golf? We yeah, apologize for not putting that up. We will put that up this week. Hey, by the way, I am. I still remember that. And then Colin felt the need to go golfing without anyone else. That is part of a championship winning EASHL team. So, that will go up not a big deal. at the Owen 60 podcast. Apologies hey. for not tweeting it out, but that will go up um, on our Twitter probably on Wednesday. Uh, we'll have that. By the way, by the way, hey, you shot your lowest round too, right? Yeah, I did. 84. I shot 84 too on Four. Sunday. Love that. So we got we got the same lowest round. Hey, we've improved a lot though. We've improved a lot. 
you're always good. You're always a good golfer. And I, mean, I, I'm, I, I only broke a hundred you know two years ago. I haven't broke. Hey, I've, I don't think I've shot over a hundred because we said that before the show, my highest this year was 99. The first round of the year. I don't think I've, I don't think I've broke. I don't think I've been over a hundred. So I've been, I've been okay this year. I haven't been terrible. So that's been fun. It's a lot better when it's amazing what can happen when you actually slow down, know how to reach Focus. shots now, and like don't have yeah, five not, bunker shots in one bunker. Yeah, very true. I mean, <laughs> you live in the same. What, is, what was that line from Happy Gilmore? Spends more time in the sand than David Hasselhoff. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> that was me uh, about two summers ago now. Yeah, two summers ago now. That was me for yeah, sure. Probably. Yeah. I admit that. Yeah, but well. this year's a different animal. This year's a different animal. You got to go with the best. You got to push yourself. Yeah, with golf season coming to an end, we're going to try and get out as much as possible. So um, it'll be yeah, it's hard now. It's hard now with the season starting, but we'll yeah, we'll still get out. It'll be okay. Next summer, next summer we're going to the tournament. Yeah, we are. Best we'll ball, see. best ball tournament. I hate best ball. God. Yeah, but I hate it. If it's not best ball, then we all have to be on. That's a big risk. Yeah, that's, that's a big risk. Yeah, you're right. I mean. My game can be like bits and bites, right? You never know what you're going to get. So we might not be – I might be in trouble if that's like that. So first tournament, best ball. Then after that, see how it goes. Yep. I agree. And plus, we'll be practicing. We'll be practicing a lot as well. So Get up the range. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, that is my, the end of this throat, week. My throat won't hate. <laughs> <laughs> that is the end of this week's show. Thank you so much for everyone who tuned in. Season preview is coming up next week, and that will take place in seven days.